Welcome to Strong Tower Baptist Church's podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at strongtowerbaptist.org. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Colossians, chapter number 1. The book of Colossians, chapter number 1. We're going to be on this subtitle a couple weeks today and next week will be on the title, The Person of Christ Jesus. The Person of Christ Jesus. Colossians chapter number 1, verses 15 through 19. Paul said, who is the image of the invisible God? He's speaking of Jesus here. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, and in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Brother James Crouch, would you bless the sermon, please, brother? Amen. You may be seated. The person of Christ Jesus. The person of Christ Jesus. I want to tell you something that you, it, it may be a little standoffish to you when I first say it. It may sound kind of funny when I first say it. So hang in here with me for a minute, all right? There are two different Jesuses. There's two different Jesuses. There is Jesus Christ who people make in their own image. They build this Jesus in their own image to fit what they believe Jesus should look like. They build this Jesus, I'm talking about church people. Talking about people outside of church. They build Jesus, a Jesus, to fit their own agenda, to fit their own theology, to fit their own, I guess, thought process of what he should be. For instance, we'll get into this in just a moment. A prime example of this is the Mormon religion. They worship a different Jesus than we do. They worship a Jesus that doesn't exist. Then there is Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus really is the more proper way to say it. Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God, the Jesus Christ of the Bible, God's holy word. The Jesus that man has made in his own image will lead you astray. The fact of the matter is the Jesus that, that, that man makes in his own image will send you in a beeline straight toward hell because he doesn't exist. 
He's a false Christ. He's not the real Christ. But the Jesus of the Bible will lead you into peace. He will lead you into hope. He will lead you into redemption and everlasting life. One of the things we learned a few weeks ago that Paul attacks and addresses in, uh, in the, his letter to the Colossians, if you will, is Gnosticism. And it was running rampant in uh, this area at the time of this writing. Paul is writing on the person of Christ, and his writing on the person of Christ destroys Gnosticism, so to speak. By the way of review, what is Gnosticism? I'm going to put it in layman's terms. In layman's terms, Gnosticism believes that the world and all of its matter was created by an imperfect being, which means that everything is inherently evil. In other words, the creator, and often they don't even deny that it was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they say he was imperfect. Therefore, if the creator was imperfect, then that which is created is imperfect. And everything that comes from him is imperfect. And they believe that true perfection comes from gnosis, which means knowledge. Gnosticism is the pursuit of knowledge. Have you ever seen a time in your life that we hear this word? Now, hear me out on this. You hear this word over and over and over and over. Education. Education, we've got to educate ourselves. We've got to educate ourselves. We've got to educate ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, we go get educated to, uh, to, get a, uh, to have a career path. Of course, we've got to do things like that. But we hear pushing sin in our nation. We've just, we're ignorant. We've got to educate ourselves. We've got to become up uh, to, the day, to the time that we're living in. Education. And then the more knowledge that we have, the more perfect we become. And there's never been a more educated culture than we have right now. And there's never been a culture that's any more wicked than we are right now. In one sense, traces of Gnosticism is seen in Christian circles, various religions, cults. Now, I'm going to go through these rather fast, but uh, I, want you to, I want you to listen to this for just a moment. Islam teaches, and I'm going to read this verbatim because I don't want to miss anything. Islam teaches that Jesus was virgin born. We teach that too. He is the Messiah. We teach that too. He was a great prophet. Starting to go downhill. He was the son of Mary. He sure was. Muslims do not celebrate Easter. Why? They deny the primary constructs of Easter and that it is centered upon such as the death of Christ because they believe that Christ did not die. Allah rescued him before death. Nothing could be further from the truth. Since Christ did not die, there couldn't have been a resurrection. Allah is one. There is no one equal with him, nor does anyone share in his lordship. Raising Christ to this level is to diminish the lordship of Allah. Babies are born pure and sinless. They reject the doctrine of original sin. Each man is responsible for his own sins. Therefore, each person is responsible for his own salvation. No one can rid you of your sin except you. You must work that sin away. Y'all hear the problems in this? 
We believe. This is a direct quote. Now, some of y'all, let's, let's pray the Holy Spirit of God over this building here. I'm going to quote the Koran for just a moment. Koran 2, 136. We believe in God and the revelation given to us and to Abraham, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, and the tribes and message given to Moses and Jesus and that given to all prophets from their Lord. We make no distinction between any of them and it is unto him that we surrender ourselves. Now, let me, let me show you what I'm talking about here. They believe Jesus Christ was a great prophet. They believe Moses was a great prophet. They believe all the prophets that we even believe in in the Old Testament, but yet they reduce Christ down to nothing but a prophet. Jehovah Witnesses teach that God the Father, whose name is Jehovah, is the only true God. Jesus Christ is his firstborn son. He is inferior to God and was created by God. The Holy Spirit is not a person. It is God's active force. The Mormons teach uh, and believe that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost are three separate gods. They also believe the Father and the Son each have a body of flesh and bones as tangible as man's, but that the Holy Ghost has not a body of flesh and bones, but is a personage of spirit. According to Joseph Smith, when Adam was formed in the image of God, it was a physical image. God the Father was once a mortal who lived on an earth. <laughs> he died, was resurrected, glorified, and grew into his deified status. According to Joseph Smith, there is a God above the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God the Father is the literal Father of all spirit children, including Jesus and the Holy Ghost, whose divinity is de derived from the parent-child relationship. Within Mormonism, Jesus is identified with the Yahweh of the Old Testament. We got a couple more. Christian science. The term science indicates that Christ Jesus understood and acted in accord with the laws of this loving God. The laws that may be proven by anyone who follows them, many have found that when they better understand their relationship to God through this science of Christianity, the study, philosophy, if you will, Philosophy is a real pretty word for excrement, really, most of the time. Their characters are transformed and their health restored. Such spiritual growth inspires a heartfelt desire to help others know and experience how loved we are, all are by God. And then the great religion of Scientology. Their they believe it came from a god of Zanu, if you will, was according to Scientology founder. Listen to this, Ron Hubbard. I, I'm going to try to say this without laughing. Ron Hubbard, the, this is what he believed, the dictator of the Galactic Confederacy. Let that settle in on you for a minute. Who brought billions of his people to earth, then known as... I can't even say it. Tigiak. In, here's what he brought him in a DC 8 like spacecraft. That's spiritual. 75 million years ago, he stacked them around volcanoes and killed them with hydrogen bombs. Well, praise the Lord. 
Matthew 16, 13 through 17. Now we're reading from the Word of God. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, and this is where the rubber meets the road, he said, Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Our text today is a continuation. That's a long introduction, but I'll, I'll speed it up a little bit. Our text today is a continuation of Paul's prayer for the church in Colossians chapter number 1. For the church at Colossae. It, it being a prayer reveals that Paul's claims of the person of Christ is actually a, in the prayer is a deep worship of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus Christ is not like a God. He's not one of three gods. He's not yet another God. Make no mistake about it. Write it down in big bold letters in your notes. Jesus Christ is God incarnated in the flesh. Amen. He's not junior God. He's not kind of like God. He's not God's right hand man, I want you to know that he is God. Verse 15. There's about 14 of you believe he's God. How many believes Jesus Christ is God incarnate? Amen. Verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Number one, Jesus is the image of God. The word image comes from the Greek word eikon, which we get our English word icon, which means the exact likeness. There's nothing that God's got that Christ doesn't have. They are all in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, one God in three distinct persons. Blessed Trinity, amen? amen. Christ is the very expression of God Almighty. Theologian J.B. Lightfoot said Christ is a precise reproduction in every aspect. John 4, 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God in all of his glory in Exodus 3, verse 5 and 6 and he, that Moses here, and he said, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. A man cannot behold God's glory. His glory is so massive. His glory is so splendid. His glory is so great. Man could not behold the glory of God. Exodus 33, 18 through 20. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. The resounding claim down through the ages is... Jesus is but another way to God. 
Jesus is just another one. He's just as good of a way as Allah. He's just as good of a way as the teachings of Buddha. He's just as good of a way as the teaching of Mormonism or any other religion. But nothing could be further from the truth. The Word of God destroys this fallacy when the Bible says that Christ is the very image of the invisible God. In Christ we see mirrored the heart of God. Every time you see in Scripture where Christ loved on somebody, healed somebody, taught somebody, every time you see Christ perform a miracle, every word that was ever uttered out of Christ's mouth, you see God Almighty in that. In Christ, we see mirrored the compassion of God. Listen, when Jesus hung on the cross to pay for the, the, the penalty of our sins, that was the heart of God hanging on that cross. It wasn't just Christ being obedient. He certainly was being obedient. But when Christ was hanging on that cross, that was the heart of God for all of mankind. In Christ, we see mirrored the healing of God for every person that's ever been healed, whether we read in the Bible or for those of you that are with us today, that's been healed by God, we know that that come through Jesus Christ. By his stripes, 740 years before Christ was even born, Isaiah said, by his stripes, we are healed. In Christ, we see mirrored the forgiveness of God. So often we see God as this this meanie uh, up in heaven with silver hair who's ready to bonk us over the head every time we do something wrong. But make no mistake about it, the forgiveness of God is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. God can only forgive us because Jesus Christ hung on that cross. He took your sins and my sins, took our shame and he bore it all and he died and he accepted that sacrifice. You have access to God only through Jesus Christ. There is no other way to God but through the Lord Jesus Christ. The personable side of God is mirrored through Christ. Jesus came to this earth. Emmanuel, God with us. For all the nutcases that say Jesus isn't God, smoke that in your pipe for a while. Amen. Emmanuel, God with us. We see that Jesus came to this earth, therefore God is near. God became a man, therefore he knows and can absolutely relate to every aspect of being a human. I love this passage in Hebrews 4.15. For we, that's those of us that are saved, for we have not the high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. That's why when you hurt, when you get a pink slip from work, I want you to know the heart of Jesus Christ is touched. When you get a bad doctor's report and they say you've got cancer and it's not looking good, the heart of Jesus Christ is touched. When you're tempted by the enemy in this world make no mistake about it we have a wonderful high priest his name is Jesus who was tempted in all points just like us we don't have a God that's far away we don't have a God that's distant but we have a savior that's an ever present help in time of need he's always there with us Christ died for sinners thus this reveals God's love for man Christ preached and provided salvation, thus revealing God as a Savior. God is not some, as I said, unapproachable, silver-haired, mean God or being up in heaven waiting to bonk us over the head. But he is 
the one that says, come now, let us reason together. He is the one that says, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, put it on my back. I'm here for you. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nowhere do I see where he says, I am a way, I am a truth, I am a life. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. The, listen, the most politically incorrect statement, the most socially incorrect statement, the, the greatest statement that's rubbed more feathers the wrong way is Jesus. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh but by the Father except by me. We don't come by Mary. We don't come by any teaching of Joseph Smith. We don't come by any other way. We must come by the Lord Jesus Christ. We must accept the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. You take any of them apart, you've got a false Christ. You take him away, you've got, at least you take the Holy Spirit away, you've got a false Christ. You take Jesus away, you've got a false Christ. You take God the Father away, you've got a false Christ. You must accept God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, one God, three persons. 1 Timothy 2, 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men. There's power in that church. There's one God and there's only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Hebrews 9, 24, for Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Back in the Old Testament, we read where the priest would go in once a year and he would offer a sacrifice and he would go into the holy of holies and they would tie a rope around his around his ankle or his leg in the event that they, in all of his regalia that he had on, they would have little trinkets and things like that. And as long as they could hear those trinkets going on in there, they knew that God hadn't killed him and that God was accepting the sacrifice not to pay for their sins, but to roll their sins back. He was the only one that was allowed into that area. He was the only one allowed into that area. Year after year after year after year was that atonement put forth but now Christ Jesus sits at the right hand of God continually making intercession for you and for me Christ Jesus is the express image of God he is the exact representation of God he is the very person of God he is God manifested in the flesh look at the second part of verse 15 the firstborn of every creature. The firstborn of every creature. Number two, Jesus is deity. Deity. Firstborn of every creature. The Jehovah Witnesses use this verse to claim that Christ is a created being, therefore he is under God. They believe when it says the firstborn of every creature that he is created, therefore he couldn't possibly be God. But the Jehovah Witnesses are real bad to take certain scriptures and twist them up and they don't take scripture uh, in an exegesical approach. That means line upon line, you interpret in, in line of other scripture. Firstborn means supreme, preeminence of all creation. It is the heritage of Christ. So what does the word deity mean? 
Godhead, supreme being, infinite and self-existing spirit. Jesus Christ is God. John 10, 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. No time does it ever take place in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of God, and God orders decree for this to happen. And Jesus says, you know, Father, I think we ought to do it this way. And then the Holy Spirit chimes in and says, well, Father, Son, I think we ought to do it this way. They're always in complete unison. Always in complete unison. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. There is a greater concerted effort today to suppress the preaching and teaching of the Word of God like never before. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters over on the left coast, you know, that other country that's attached to ours called California. And they're fining these churches for meeting because they're trusting God and they're trusting math too when it comes to the virus. Now, I'm not being ugly and I'm not being facetious, but that's what they're trusting. And they're having church. Last week, Dr. Jack Treber of North Valley Baptist Church in California, the church was fined $5,000 Sunday morning for having service, $5,000 Sunday night for having service. I imagine if they met in the week, they were fined $5,000, and unless something's changed and I haven't seen it, they'll be fined $5,000 today when they worship. That's just one church. Make no mistake about it. If you haven't noticed that the country goes the way of the left coast, amen? What we used to see out there, we see on our doorstep in Tennessee today. We're no longer the, the good old volunteer state that everything's all cool and hunky-dory and everybody's just praising the Lord. No, Tennessee's as wicked as anywhere else in the nation. Amen? Now, we see here. Hebrew one, uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. We see in verse number 16 of our text, for by him were all things created, Jesus that is, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Thirdly, number three, Jesus is creator. He is creator. Christ is the creator. Christ desired the world, therefore he created the world. The fact that he created the world declares it to be his intelligent design. Listen, I, I'm all right with, with getting people into a conversation and, and trying to point them to the fact that creation had to be from an intelligent design, but I'm going to go a step further. It's not just from an intelligent design, it's his intelligent design. It's Jesus's intelligent design. I want you to know something. When God said, let there be light and there was light, Jesus wasn't somebody that was coming down the pike. He was there. Amen. The Bible says he's the creator of all. 
The fact that he created the world declares it to be his intelligent design. The will of Christ overrides the full destiny of the world. All things were created by him. Creation was a historical event. It was not a progression of events that took place over billions of years. I don't care what your professor tells you at our local college campuses. It didn't happen over billions and 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 billions of years. How do they know how to date billions of years? That's what I like to know. How do they even, how do they know to do that? How did they come up with something in the last 50 years to, to let us know that, I mean, that little invite card right there, hey, it's billions of years old. You say, well, no, it's not. It couldn't possibly be billions of years old because the print press didn't come out till just, a, you know, 100, 100 or so years ago, a couple hundred years ago. That couldn't possibly be true. But yet we'll buy a hook, line, and sinker that the world is billions and billions and billions of years old. But let's just play their game for a minute. Okay, it's billions and billions and billions of years old. Guess what? He was there. He was there. You can't divorce that from the fact that he is creator of all. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. I don't care where your beginning is in your mind. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And you go on down a few verses, and the Word became flesh. Jesus was there. Amen? Let me let you in on this one. Scratch your head on this one for a few minutes. Genesis 1.26, and God said, let us make man in our image. Who's us? Who's he talking to? Let us make man in our image. For those of the Muslim faith who uh, will read some of the Old Testament, they'll adhere to some of that. Who is us? To the Jehovah Witness who, they, they'll claim, hey, I read the King James Bible. That's what they say. I've got it. Who is us? Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Who is us? Is it an angel? No. Is it some galactic being? No. You see the Holy Trinity in the very creation by God. All things seen and unseen, known and unknown are created by Christ. The Bible says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, both visible and invisible. All right, follow with me for a minute. Y'all hang on for a minute. Hang on. Don't, don't run out and leave when I say this. Are there other created beings? And some of you, some of you people, that's got this theory that there's a there's a there's another planet somewhere, and there's a whole bunch of other created beings. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll play that with you for a minute, just for a minute. I don't believe it. Can I prove it? No, I can't prove it. But the Bible says, "For by Him were all things created that are in heaven." and that are in earth, okay? Those are two distinct places, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions. So are there created beings somewhere else that 
we've never discovered. If there is, he created it. Amen. He, some of you all, I'm, I've wondered if you all didn't get dropped in here with that galactic spaceship from Ron Hubbard and you, you missed those hydrogen bombs and then you're, you're still here today. That might have been where I came from. I don't know, but not one thing that was created was not created by Christ. Planets, stars, universe, man, animals, insects, no dimension, plant life or anything. I wish I would have pulled my notes from, a, from another sermon and I could have give you, um, give you the, uh, the actual, the year, date, and all that stuff. But scientists, astrologers used to look, they used to have the, they used to have the stars counted. They had them counted. Then after a few years, they recounted and they found out that there was more. Then after a few more years, they counted, they, they, they come up with a few more million stars. And then they eventually conceded that they're innumerable. But you know what's already told us they're innumerable? The Word of God. And He knows them all. He can count the very hairs of your head. And I realize that's not a challenge for Him for some of us. I'm getting easier as every day goes by. But He is infinite in wisdom. He's infinite in knowledge. All things were created by him and all things were created for him. Because of our parents, we exist in harmony with the healthy home and relationship to mom and dad. We honor them. Why? Because they brought us into being. My dad used to have a saying that it might not have been him that brought me into this world like mom did, but he can sure be the one who takes me out, Right? Christ created all things for him. All of creation looks to Christ, their creator. All of creation is created by Christ, for Christ, that he might love it, bless it, redeem it, receive it, save it, and exalt it. All of the things that we see, all of destruction and death that we see today, all of the pollution that we see today, all of the, uh, the downward effect of pollution and man being upon this earth and us being cursed as, uh, from the fall of man, all of that will one day be restored. John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. I've got news for you, church. He's not creating a new heaven and a new earth just to sit out there idle by itself. Satan's not going to get an upper hand or a last say in anything. Yes, the fall of man came when man listened to that old vile serpent in the garden. And the fall of man happened. But listen, when God created this earth, he created it perfect. And he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus isn't going to be absentee on that one either. Amen. Romans eleven thirty six: For of him and through him and to him are all things to whom be glory forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit us at strongtowerbaptist.org.